beaming from Pacific Junction Hotel to Earth. Girth. All right. Thank you, gentlemen, for coming in uh, during Hot Docs. I know it's a very busy time. And uh, you both have a poetry documentary. This is really cool. Don't be nice. Uh, before we get into the documentary, I want you to introduce yourselves and what you did for the doc. Don't be nice. And um, who are some of your favorite poets that you like to read or like to see in New York City, like to visit, kind of attend if they're still alive? All right, we'll start with you. All right, my name is Nikhil Melnichek. I produced the doc Don't Be Nice, which is playing in Hot Docs right now. And I also run the Bowery Poetry Club. And that's a, a venue that has a slam team, and it's that slam team that we feature in the film. Uh, spoken word poets, I love this one poet who's on the scene right now named Roya Marsh. She's, she's phenomenal. She was one of the people who tried out for the team initially, and just, you know, sometimes they say the best poet always loses, and she is one of the best. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the NBA draft, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how did that guy go to 10th or something, right? Like, Done. Yeah. And you, sir? Uh, my name's Max Powers, and I directed Don't Be Nice. And um, I think one of my favorite poets in the scene right now, again, another poet that didn't quite make the team, but is phenomenal, is a poet named Taylor Steele. Um, and she's just fantastic. All right, cool. As you guys both have mentioned, the, the doc is called Don't Be Nice. I want to open up. There's a really cool scene at the beginning uh, with uh, Joel Francois. Did I pronounce that right? Yeah? Yeah. Uh, so one of the poets, and it's fairly early on in the film, and he's riding a bicycle, and he has this line, I just don't want to do great work, but also good work. So what kind of good work is Don't Be Nice? Can you break it down for us, and what's it about? Very insightful yeah. question. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that a hard one right no. off the bat? No, not no, at all. No. We can stick with what rhymes with orange if you no, want. No, let's do it. Let's okay. Do, it. do you want to start, um, Max? Yeah. No, I mean, I think that that quote is pretty insightful about you know making art in general and not wanting art just to be something that's a great piece or something that's skillfully done or still skillfully constructed but something that actually can make a difference in the in the real world and so i think that don't be nice as a documentary and as a piece of filmmaking you know while we tried to make it the best film that we could make it's also i think you know has a lot to has a lot of good messages in it for for the audience um and one of one that is basically about art and the creation of art and is inspiring to other artists is to really the message that to to reach a wide audience and change something about the world you have to start with yourself and you have to write about that and once you do that then that specific experience can be universal to others. I think that's something that's at the core of the film and something that the film does uh, that goes beyond just being a, uh, a documentary and a document of a team's experience. Yeah, absolutely. There's also the, the coach of the team or one of the two coaches of the team is named Lauren Whitehead and she's just an incredibly strong contrarian presence in the film and really pushes them to rethink a lot of what they think they already know about poetry and one of the messages that she drives home again and again is you have to find the story behind the story what does that mean i think we're in a time right now of everyone likes to call it fake news mm -hmm. and in the reactive social media culture where you see something and you're asked to have an opinion about it immediately to respond 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 hit that like hit that dislike flame it troll it 
right away. The gut reaction. The gut reaction. I think we're in the age of the gut reaction. I think one of the messages of the film and what the poets learn to do over the course of the movie is to hold back that gut reaction, take it in, think deeply about it, reflect upon it, and transform it over time and work and energy into a beautiful piece of art, which then does good work because it actually has a meaning and a message behind it. You mentioned uh, Laura as like the coach there for the um, Poetry Slam team. Does the title "Don't Be Nice" does that refer to her and the way she was kind of dealing with the team? Because I felt sometimes I was a little like mean. <laughs> I am I allowed to say that? But at the same time, too, I don't also know if the title is referring to like the actual what you guys were just talking about with like the poetry, like kind of getting out there and delivering a personal, universal message. Because that's what slam poetry is about, right? You want to get the little snaps and you want to get those connections with people. So is it either one of those things or am I completely off? No, you're not completely off at all. I mean, I think that the title has plays in two ways. One is that the the full phrase, which is said in the end of the film by uh, Noel, one of the subjects is uh, one of the poets is don't be nice, be necessary. And that's something that slam poets yell to each other for encouragement audience members yell it when you go up on stage they'll say don't be nice and so that means you know don't don't filter yourself and say you know say what you have to say so in that way it was something that is already a phrase that's alive within the spoken word community but also i think you are on something with lauren and her message of to write you know to write good work you all you have to it, not necessarily don't be nice to yourself, but you don't want to take the the quickest way out or the quickest way to present your message. You really want to sit with it, question how you want to say something, really to the point that it might be, uh, you know, it might hurt a little bit, or in some cases might hurt a lot. Just because you went to McDonald's doesn't mean you eat dinner. <laughs> <laughs> One could say that, yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. Because, yeah, there's a scene in there. Uh, the scene I'm thinking of is um, with Ashley August, and she has that poem, Octaniggers. And so the way that Laura's kind of pushing her, like, because you kind of see... Lauren, sorry to interrupt. Oh, sorry. Her name's Lauren. Sorry, Lauren. The, the way that Lauren's kind of pushing her, it, like, you can kind of see the transition from the poem, right? Because as you kind of do, as the documentary unfolds, and... I think the poem is better and it kind of connects a b little bit because then you do the whole scene with the subway once the poem is kind of done. But just the process to get there, I was like, I don't know if that's the best, like, if that's necessarily the best way to kind of get to that type of work. And Lauren doubts herself, too, in the film. There's there's a scene about two-thirds way through the movie where she, she says to camera, I don't know if this is the right way, mm -hmm. essentially. I, I mean, I think that when we're looking at a, a really strong leader like that, um, which she is, she, she took poets who were already some of the best slam poets in New York, found a way for them to break open themselves to become some of the best slam poets in the world. And I think a great leader like that has to have some humility as well. And I think that scene really shows her humility. That, ev that even though she is willing to fight for what she believes in and push them to get to that place that she believes is true art. Mm -hmm. She's also willing to say that maybe she went too far at times. Yeah, it's a hard balance, right? Because I know like the the kids also in the film, they're in a competition for slam poetry and they want to win. That was kind of one of the reoccurring themes. And to win, you have to be good or at least really, really good, 
right? And so the pressure is on. So there's already an added layer of pressure knowing that you're competing, but then an extra layer knowing that the, you have these coaches that are kind of pushing you and trying to pull all the stuff out of you. Definitely. So for anybody that hasn't been to the uh, Bowery Poetry Club, what is well, that? You gotta come. Yeah. Come hey. to New York. Why haven't you? Why, we've been around since 2002. What? What's going on? Yeah. It's an hour flight from Toronto. I mean, 45 minutes tops. All right. Well, your plane's faster than my plane. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, but for the few people, because there's got to be like, <laughs> most people have gone now after that, right? So for the few people that haven't gone, what is that scene like? And can you kind of somehow kind of break it down a little bit and kind of share what that's like? Yeah, I mean, Max and I will have different perspectives because I run the place, so I'm a little bit biased, you know. But I think the beginning of the movie, we we were. Uh, you guys ever seen the movie Any Given Sunday? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Al Pacino right. was the exactly. football coach. Oliver Stone's movie, and it's about football. And the movie starts with this scene where you are just thrown into a football game in a way that you've never seen it before. There's lions roaring and flags superimposed, <laughs> and you're like hell is going on here and what i thought he was trying to do was depict what it feels like to be a mega fan for people who don't know the sport and that's how we tried to start the movie we tried to thrust people into bowery poetry club in a way that they wouldn't necessarily perceive it unless they were really into slam poetry we're just trying to throw people into the world so you know, everybody's snapping, they're clapping, they're shouting at the poets, they're they're pounding drinks, they're holding chairs up in the air when they love the poems, you know, they're they're talking back. They're uh they're going up. They're they're loving it. And is there roaring lions? We didn't go that far. Okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I, we didn't want to rip Oliver Stone entirely. I can yeah. see your point. That's a valid point. All right. Fair enough, touche. No lions. How does that 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 experience kind of differ from the other kind of? Uh, I know there's a New Yorkian, uh, New Yorkian. I can never pronounce that place. Uh, poetry Cafe. I know that's another place that's in New York City as well that has kind of got a really cool poetry scene. So how does it kind of differ? Kind of does it bring a different flavor or vibe to poetry? So I I actually wasn't in the poetry scene before I made the film, and and my experience of just being thrown in, you know, I kind of drew on that as Nikhil was saying for the for the opening of the film because walking into this completely new scene with all this energy was was really incredible and we filmed over the course um of the course of shooting we filmed at some at the New Yorican Poets Cafe and I think that though there's something there's some you know there's obviously differences in the venues but the energy and is the same Mm -hmm. um or the energy is as powerful and so it was interesting to be able to uh the clubs are pretty close to each other uh you know just in the city but it was really interesting to be able to walk in to a venue that i had never been to i had spent so much time at the bowery walk into a new venue and feel the same level of energy and community there so that was pretty cool um and you know, I only spent a, a, a night or two there, um, and so I'm, I'm actually not that familiar with it, but it was cool to feel like the same, yeah, the same community was was alive there. How did the film come to you then? Like you said, if you're not in the scene, how did uh, this come to you? Um, so actually, uh, Nikhil and I uh, have been have been friends for a little while, and, um, and I worked with Nikhil on some short films, and so... You know, we, we worked on some short films here and there and, and 
really liked working together. And then uh, when you know Nikhil invited me to the to the Bowery, and and I came in, saw the incredible work that was going on there, saw the energy, was really blown away as he was describing this kind of you know to to rehash this metaphor of the any any given Sunday, but it was really just being thrown into this world that I thought was incredible. And then after a couple times being in the venue, you know, Nikhil kind of pulled me aside and was like, so I got this kind of idea here for uh, what do you think? And I was like, yeah, this is this is a movie <laughs> like this. This should be this should be on screen. Let's find a way to do it. And so I I got in fast and uh, and then just like hit the ground running. And what goes into making like there are actual parts of the documentary where, yes, you're following the slam team, but then there's other parts where you kind of have, I don't know, tangent poet will be performing and you kind of then have this whole like kind of set piece. It's almost like a music video or some kind in the middle of it. Um, there's like uh, one piece called He Called Me a Faggot. And it's just like there's like some dan- there's a couple of dancers in the background and all this kind of movements. So what goes into choreographing or how do you collaborate with a poet to kind of create one of these pieces? Because they were all really unique in the film. Totally. Yeah. So those we still don't have like the the definitive name for what to call those pieces because we sometimes are like, oh, the music video. Sometimes they're the, you know, poem treatment or something. But, yeah, um, I was stumbling too, like uh, looking totally. for the light switch. And it was kind of cool because I think it's a special part of the film that's really that's really unique. And it was actually that came pretty late in the process of the filmmaking. And a lot of that is credit to our editor, David Lieberman. And him and I, you know, we were, we were we were making the film, and we really wanted when a when a poem exemplified something strong within the subject, or 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 a or a turning point, or something. We wanted to be able to really bring that alive on screen. And the thing that's hard is that slam poetry is amazing in person, and it's incredible to be there in person with someone on stage, like five feet away from you you talked about the energy like when you talked when you go into the rooms and the yeah right and you were talking about like yeah. people standing up on the chairs and we had to figure out a way to capture that on film and we yeah. realized that if we just had poets performing poems 18 times throughout the course of the movie by the 15th time you would say why the fuck am i still watching this mm-hmm. so what we had to figure out was a few different ways to really depict and visualize poems and I think we came up with three of them we have when a poet is reading a poem in progress to the team in a rehearsal setting and what's cool about that is you understand that it's still a work in progress so you're sort of tracking from time it's read to time it's read what's changing and you're sort of seeing how things in their life are affecting it then we have the poet actually performing it at a competition and then they're giving it their all and you understand they're being motivated by the audience and you kind of feel it from an audience perspective. And then there was this third kind, which is the the poem film mm-hmm. um, aspect of it, the poem video. And that's where you kind of get into the, the, the f- subjectivity of the poem itself and you sink into the world. And for each of those, you know, we... We kind of went through a different process, like the so Tim Tim Dwight's poem. So he called me a faggot. That sequence was produced by by David Lieberman, who's our story producer and editor, and he came up with this this concept and brought in this wonderful uh, choreographer named Wes Veldink and a dancer named Olutayu, and they read the poem, which is so powerful, and then they visualized it through dance. 
and then we filmed it kind of in, we brought in a smoke machine to Bowery we brought in different <laughs> camera equipment you know we really filmed it like we were shooting a music video mm-hmm. and then Nathan Poonwar who is one of our phenomenal editors who has a lot of experience editing music content music docs and what have you he found a way to really make those come alive and be unique so that each one kind of felt like it had its own yeah because by the time yeah. you get to the end of it it's like woo. <laughs> like right like you guys did capture that energy and that's why i brought up that one right because it's like it starts off very kind of uh just a dude kind of reading a poem and just kind of reciting his poem and then it builds and builds and builds so and it connects with the audience there's something totally. about a poet being on a roll that happens when you're seeing something live and you don't know where it's going and and they start a run they start a line and you're just so swept up in it that you just say, go, go, go. You just want them to keep going and taking you on that. And I think that's what we were trying to capture in those. Like You don't know where you're going. You don't know where it's taking you. Mm-hmm. But you want to be on it. And part of that, what was cool is we really thought, like, let's have it so that the audience doesn't quite know when it's beginning or quite know when it's ending. And that was something that was a, I was really effective and, uh, you know, is to what you're saying, Nikhil, that – we just wanted it to to carry you and really surprise you and really kind of freak you out uh, for a moment while you're going into it. So you guys have talked about like freaking people out. Uh, you guys have talked about um, don't be nice. Don't be nice. Uh, talk about universality. How do then the poets, especially the ones you guys were working with in the documentary, how do they kind of avoid the temptation just to kind of it's that social media temptation where like if you say Trump is bad, everyone agrees with you. How do you go reach beyond that and try and find some sort of deeper truth or deeper meaning or try to convey something that's not necessarily apparent or obvious but able to still connect with the audience you know what i mean because sometimes you get into those situations where like i like avengers movie i'm like well so what so what is everybody else right you haven't really yeah. said anything of value or significance there's no nutrients in what you said that's what lauren is really calling out in their poems initially in the movie you know all of the poets by the time they make it onto the bowery slam team they've competed and become the best out of a hundred poets in the community so they're they think they're the shit at the beginning of the movie. And they are. Mm-hmm. You know? And Lauren hears their poems, and my reading of, of it is she says, well, those are, say, political poems. And the way she reads a political poem is that a political poem is one where you already know the answer. You already have the perspective. And that might be something you heard. That might be something you feel. That might be something you read, something you're repeating back. But it doesn't have that level of individual personality to it that makes it true for you uh, and doesn't have that nuance that makes it true for you so what she has them do is this exercise which is one of my favorite scenes in the movie where she has them look for the story behind the story and the way that they do that is they write a story and then they have to immediately say and what's the story behind that and then they have to answer that question and what's the story behind that and they have to go and go and go until they literally can't find the reason and, and I think that kind of iterative thinking where you push yourself to say, wait, I got to look closer I, and closer and another layer and another layer. I think that's what gets them to that next level poetry. Yeah, because the kids, some of the subjects they were dealing with was like the current themes of like the cops shooting black people and trying to be black in America, which are there's all kinds of documentaries and books and things written about them. Right. So. You have to figure out your own kind of angle or your own kind of perspective on this experience and still kind of convey it in a way that's really poetic but still connects with the people. That's hard. 
Let her speak. You want to say something? Yes. Let her speak. What do you have to say? I find that like when you ask why, like that whole saying, when you ask why, like five or six times, that you'll end up with you'll end up with a person who's broken through some sort of wall, and you can see that in the film is that you you see them asking why, you see them saying what's the story behind the story, and. And I always find that when I go and watch spoken word and you can see like the, the great ones when they're, they're on stage is that they're telling something, they're telling a story, but they're bringing it back to themselves. And then you get like the, you get the, you know, that reaction. You're like, yes. And you're like, oh, yes. And like, <laughs> like when you go see, poet. you know what I mean? You see that and like the one person holding a chair, that's a real fucking reaction. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yes, like you just get moved out of your seat. And I'm just like, you could feel that in the film. Like you just, you can feel that like momentum as like you're like you're watching as a like a viewer. You can see it, and then when they finally get it, like the pair, Ashley and Tim. Like, yeah. yeah, I had tears. Like I couldn't stop crying for good. I had no tissues. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, I can't stop crying. It was so good. Like all of the poems were phenomenal, but that one, like gut-wrenching just like yeah okay you can have (laughs) (laughs) i wanted to pick up on that theme though of like that energy and that kind of connection and just how much is that being influenced by new york city because we saw slam teams from different cities but new york city has a whole different energy on top of like the poetry clubs itself right so how much of that is kind of influenced by new york city and that energy and that vibe and that hustle too i think some of it is that there's a reputation to maintain you know i think a lot of people look at the new york city slam teams and because they're some of the oldest and they're some of the most continuous um, and they've won so many times or at least come close to winning so many times that people just expect them to be nasty and uh i think that that adds an extra layer of pressure on the new york poets just to just to live up to that and surpass that expectation that's part of it I mean, then then there's just the general feeling, as you say, of living in New York and just like being surrounded by seven million people and realizing that everybody is the best at what they do. So if you're not the best at what you do, then you better get the fuck out of town. <laughs> That's, that should be like the, the tourism model. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Seriously. Well, it would, it would help uh, cut down on tourists. Yeah, right? <laughs> Except now you're putting like roaring lions in like a poetry club though, right? So people are going to show up. Next movie. Uh, but I want to pick up too on that theme of like hustling too, because you have something really neat now. It's called the uh, the Bowery Poetry Studios. Can you break down what that is and what you're trying to achieve with that? Because this is this is one of the first projects, right? For the yeah, this is uh, Bowery Poetry Studios is something that's been in the works for a while, but we're about to really start announcing it and start bringing people in. And it's a project that Max and I are working together. Also, Bob Holman, who founded Bowery Poetry Club, is working on this project. And it's basically saying that, you know, we get some of the best poets in the world coming through the Bowery Poetry Club and coming through New York City. And we put up six shows a week, which is which is a lot of shows. But still, when someone comes through and does a show, they're not giving us everything they've got. They're not giving the city everything we got. How can we get the poets who come through the city to really be able to spread as much of their word as possible? And we thought that's through media. We can, we can have 100 people sit in the club for a show, but if... 
we have somebody come through a performance and then come upstairs to our studio, sit down like we're sitting down now in the studio in in this studio, and put a poem on film, lay down a podcast, work on a collaboration. Suddenly, that can then be spread with the world. So the studios is on the third floor of Barry Poetry Club. It's going to open this summer, and it's going to be a place where we can where poets can know use the, the media tools that we have and the skills that we have as filmmakers and media artists to take their work to the next level and share it with people how this might be a slightly unfair question so i apologize up front <laughs> but how powerful is poetry because we saw in the documentary like just the way that it was connecting and let's talk about like breaking through especially in this dire world and you mentioned even fake news like how powerful is poetry and is it like as, especially as a weapon, as uh, as a truth-telling like device, like how powerful is it, or how powerful can it become? I'm. I think that poetry can be incredibly powerful and in a very unique way. And I think that you know poetry can tell stories, it can express ideas, and again, kind of going back to some of the things the movie is expressing is that it really does that by starting from something small that each individual person can relate to. And so if you're talking about Trump or you want to express a really big idea and you really want to get that across, the power usually comes when you're able to tell a small, really personal story about that in a way that can connect to a person in the room on on their individual level rather than you know expressing a political opinion or saying something that is still really important it is able to it's able to capture a really true message and deliver in a way that no other kind of art form or publication or article can and so i think that it's incredibly powerful and in a very very specific specific way it's the oral tradition brought back. You know, it's the, it's the griots of West Africa who would go from town to town telling the news, rapping the news. It's the word from the block. It's direct communication. It's... Uh, the word on the street. Literally. It's the word on the street brought into the club. That's nice. I like that. So the film, uh, the documentary Don't Be Nice, has two more screenings coming up at Hot Docs. Uh, Friday, May 4, and Saturday, May 5, correct? Yeah. Are you guys going to be here for both of those and doing Q&A and, like, talking about poetry? Definitely. And then what's going to happen with the documentary after? Are you hoping to pick up a distributor or get it out there or do more screenings or more slams? or? Yes, we are. We've been meeting with sales agents and distributors uh, all week. Hot Docs really does a lot to connect you. But as an audience and, and to the poets out there and the people who want to see spoken words spread and grow, uh, the best thing you can do is here, if you're in Toronto, come to our screenings uh, Friday at 3.30 p.m. at TIFF uh, Bell Lightbox and Saturday at 10 a.m. And get on the social media for us if you can. We're at Don't Be Nice Movie, at Don't Be Nice Movie on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, hashtag Don't Be Nice. And... Tweet at us with your poems. Send us videos of yourself performing. We are, we're spreading the word of the five poets in our film, but we're trying to spread the word about the spoken word. So join our community online. 
get involved with what we're doing on social media and and we want to bring you into the world of the movie we didn't actually run down the the five poets in the the documentary do you want to give them a shout out and like what how special they are because they were all really unique and they all had really cool perspectives yeah definitely um yeah i mean man i'm, I'm sorry i'll jump in yeah. we got ashley august who's the slam master and the slam master means the person who puts the show together you know she curates every show we do at bowery for the slam for the last three years she put it together and she you know rallied the troops of the team she she kept she kept the group together yeah. you know she it's funny because yeah we were talking about all the energy yeah. and stuff she you could tell she's a ball of energy she's on fire she's an actress as well you should look out for her work on tv and you should just like if you want her to come to your club you should you should reach out she's got a website she's a phenomenal phenomenal poet uh timothy dwight is doing is a, is a resident artist and playwright right now at dixon place in manhattan he's doing his first one-man show he is also touring he does teaching and activism work as well um noel quinones uh is a phenomenal organizer as well as as brilliant poet and he started a uh new project called project x in the bronx which is a spanish language slam based in the Bronx and he's really become a central figure in the Bronx arts community and that really grew up, grew out of some of his experiences making the doc uh Sean Mega Divine he is a DJ which we don't see in the movie it's one of those <laughs> things that had to be left uh, left on the cutting room floor but he's a sick DJ he's uh you know he's <laughs> he had to miss a lot of rehearsals because he was always booked yeah uh, so he his DJ name is by far mega. You should check him out on the socials. And Joel Francois to me is the philosopher poet of the bunch. He is in, he's an incredibly sensitive writer and artist who just has his finger on the uh, on the pulse of the culture. I feel he's in, in, incredibly incredibly. Um, he's the kind of person where Ashley will get you charged up and riled up and and. Uh, and make you get on your feet with passion. Joel is the kind of guy who, when he's doing a poem, uh, you could hear a pin drop in the room because everyone is just hanging on his words. He has that gift where you just need to hear what he's thinking and what he has to say. So uh, then on top of that, we've got Lauren Whitehead, who is the coach. Um, she's traveling the world right now. She uh, is writing a theatrical adaptation of the wonderful book Between the World and Me, which uh, did a, a short run at the Apollo. And she's also in uh, an opera, which is the first opera that was done by an all-black production team and cast. And then John Sands is one of the legends of the spoken word poetry community. He's the other coach. We got so lucky to have him as a coach. He's the, he's the kind of guy, he's one of the few celebrities in the slam poetry world. You know, you'll go with him to a competition, everyone will come up and give him a hug and and want his autograph. He's uh, he does great great videos. He's he's also playing in that realm and uh, has cool as a cucumber too. Like the way you present <laughs> him in the doc, right? Just super chill. Yeah. Even though there's all this like drama and people are struggling and trying to figure things out, whatever. He just kind of comes in, goes in, and then just kind of like fades back. Like he's got that like baseball a cap, you know? Like yeah, crook to the side. He's like a poetic ninja or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he just kind of comes in, just drops it, and then just walks away. You're like, oh, yo. That was cool. So obviously we feel really lucky about the cast that we got. 
just amazing yeah. poets. And you've already had a couple of screenings and people are really reacting to it. Like you mentioned the social media, like people are really inspired and just want to kind of get out there and just do their like write poetry and kind of figure things out. And like, that's part of the goal too, wasn't it for the doc? Just to kind of inspire the people and get them going. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I, again, I hadn't been in the poetry scene before this and it's been inspiring to be with the poets also, you know, taking you know two years to, to make the film it's really made me want to write which is something that I'd never considered doing at all um, and that's really incredible and I've you know after after some screenings people have come up and been able to be like I, I like want to try it out like I'm a, you know and I think that that's really important I think that that's that's really cool you know writing poetry is when you sometimes when you hear it it seems like a really daunting thing and it doesn't have to be and so I think that that's definitely one of the cool cool messages of the film are you talking about writing or performing it as well now are you gonna take the next step or I, are you just gonna like i don't know we'll see i mean i'm you know i put I put a <laughs> put a pen to a to a page a few times but that would be uh that would be quite the next step and uh you know it's probably something that i i owe i owe to myself to get to get up there yeah but do yeah, it one take, time yeah just no, kinda... it takes take some guts though take some i guts. did it one time I did it one time and I got a three out of ten. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they needed a poet because the the uh, the oh, poet yeah. who kicks off the show dropped out at the last minute. So Ashley called me up. <laughs> I did my poem. I got a three. Yeah. <laughs> it was very embarrassing. No snaps at all, eh? No snaps at all. Oh. Dead. Yeah. Oh. No. I mean, everybody's got their talent. You yeah. Know what I mean. Yeah. And and we wanted to show the exceptional talent of the poets in our movie, and uh, and Max is an exceptionally talented director. Yeah. So how did you get involved in the club then? Like, how are you doing all this stuff if you are not getting any snaps no. then? Like, because do it. I I'm a poet. I'm a poet. I don't perform the in the spoken word mode, mm -hmm. and that's for no reason other than those the words don't come out that way for me uh i'm a kind of soft-spoken person in general and uh i find the writing in and sharing of poetry to be a really personal personal act for me rather than a public act and and i express myself publicly publicly through other forms um and that's i think that's one of the incredible things about this movie is it I think people have a stereotype initially about poetry that it's something that's done by dead old white man. And it's a, it's something that you read in a high school book uh, that you were then asked to analyze and you had no clue why you were reading in the first place and you certainly didn't know what it meant. It had no connection to you whatsoever. No connection whatsoever. And, and I think what we're seeing in the spoken word movement is people reclaiming poetry as something that they make for themselves to share with their community. And there's a lot of freedom to that. So even though I run Bowery, I don't feel the pressure to be anything but the poet that I am. And that's, I think, what we try to do in the community. We want, it's a really diverse community in every way, shape, or form, because that's what poetry is. It's open-minded. But it's an inclusive community. That's what's cool. Like, you can come, and like Max, like you were just saying, like, you just started writing and they would obviously, I know you're directing the film, but they're still open to you, right? Like, and willing to like, uh, have people come in and just kind of start expressing themselves. And that's kind of neat. I'm also reminded too of, um, Leonardo da Vinci. Cause he says art is never finished, only abandoned. 
<laughs> which is really what poetry is and like we see that throughout the different iterations that the poets have for their poems right it's like they're constantly just chiseling away chiseling away and it's like it's better but it's not quite ever doesn't we ever feel finished kind of like yeah. a movie kind of yeah. like a movie i mean for sure that that's the case with every every film i mean i'm super proud of this one but like it's uh you know, it's you. You keep working at it. You keep working at it. You keep working at it. And if you have, you know, if you really believe in that quote, which I think, uh, you know, I think really good artists do, then that's what keeps you going. You know, it's never, it's never finished. All right, that's a positive note. We have to end it there. <laughs> <laughs> we go out on top, right? So thanks for having us. Thanks, gentlemen. So yeah, so there's two more screenings, as we said, uh, Friday, May four, and Saturday, May five. We'll tweet it all out uh, to Girth Radio, and uh, you can find all the information at hotdocs.ca for the tickets and things like that. So thank you, gentlemen. Best of luck with the the next two screenings. I hope people are continue to be inspired and like we uh, we set the Toronto Slam scene on fire. So don't be nice. Awesome. Don't thank be nice. You.